Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars queerly. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is Mark. Hello there. And with perfect timing, Emma. (laughs) Hello. And tonight, we are having the Ahsoka Tano conversation. Get ready. It's time to drink up. Very fancy. That Thank you, Candace from Geeky Waffle. She made that for us. Aww, <laughs> that is really sweet. Oh, it's Love really, it. really, really. Thank you, Candace. Wow. Oh, hello, right. my two favorite people who are hopefully not tired of looking at me. <laughs> Never. Don't come Never. On. No. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We had a fantastic time uh, a few hours ago with Alex and Molly of Star Wars Explained. It was a really, really mm-hmm. great time. There was a lot of people there. Thank you for those of you who joined us there. And thank you for those of us, those of you that are here with us now. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching now or if you're listening to this on Monday. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to write, review, do all those things there, and then head over to YouTube and say hi here. And hello, Zoray. New sub. They really like our content. Thank Aww, you. Thank Welcome, you. We appreciate you. <laughs> hello, Petra. Hey, Miss Petra. And friends. I love it. Yes, we've got a lot to talk about today. And Alexandria. Thank you for that most amazing and fabulous photo shoot and that Photoshop job of our great tote. Not a Photoshop job. I'm not. See, I'm not in this world. I don't know. Thank you for the great photos. They were great. Did you guys see those with the silver background? And it was like Kylie Minogue popping through. Love it. Did yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alexandra. Ben, hello. We're here. We're queer. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> and mostly, we're mostly awake. I agree. Uh, I think your three hosts tonight uh, cannot be held to what we are about to say. <laughs> we're all very, very tired. Hope, hello. Hello. Uh, uh, my husband, Hope, wants to say thank you again. He saw your comments during our, our stream with Star Wars Explained, so thank you. Oh, yes. That was, that was Candace from Geeky Waffle. <laughs> Hello, hello. Ahoy, sleeping kitten. All right. How are my two friends this evening? Tired and excited. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> oh. So, uh, M's Thanksgiving was back in October. Mark and I are here in the U.S., so we had ours yesterday. We're all a little thrown off. I have no notes for this episode. I, I <laughs> fell very far behind. Just is what it is. Yep, it is what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for manning Twitter yesterday. I, I took a day away oh, from Oh, you're my welcome. Phone. Yeah, I saw that pop off, and I was like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta do yeah. this just in case. Just double check, you know." 
It's all good. <laughs> oh, hope I love you. Hashtag casual fan. Go <laughs> <laughs> team casual fan. I was thinking that, you know, it's so funny that that hope brings that up. Cause I was sitting there thinking when we're all at a convention, you need to get Tom a shirt that says that on there. I mean, seriously, a hundred percent. We were just talking today. I need to make him a shirt that says casual fan. And yeah. We'll yeah. Our, and and, and it could be, f- it could be for any of the hubbies or wives out there that are, and it's a pink milk thing. Yeah. You know? yep. I mean, yep. That's what it should be. I think it's cute. A hundred percent. Uh, show outlines are overrated. I've learned. I love it. <laughs> also, uh, everyone go to our Twitter because Ben, I, I made a horrible claim that you can't get Saturday Night Live, Tyra Banks, and Star Wars in one podcast. And then Ben lovingly sent me a tweet where he beat us to it. <laughs> yeah, um, Ben proves us wrong. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> drag her, Ben. Drag her. <laughs> I was on the floor. I was on the floor. Alexandria, I have no idea, but we are not there yet. So just your fabulous self is all we need. Thank you. But thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, we did. We made it past the 100-person mark, so we're going to have our own URL here soon. But then awesome. I changed something, so I think we have to wait 30 days. But we're going to have YouTube.com slash Serving Pink Milk. I'm yeah. very excited. So thank right. you for all the new subs, everyone. That's pretty exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what time did everyone wake up? I was up until about almost 2 in the morning. I, I watched it last night before I went to bed. I was oh, not going to sleep. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I tried to make it to 3 a.m. when it was going to be posted in my time zone. And yeah. I did not. I made it to 2.38. And then I went to bed. Like, I had to go you to sleep. You said 3, right? Yeah. That's I was brutal. close. But the yeah. thing is, like, I, I knew I couldn't do that stretch and the episode and focus. Yeah. Yeah. To actually have, like, coherent thoughts. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I might as well just go to sleep now and just watch it in the morning, which is what I did. I just avoided Twitter until I was able to watch it. <laughs> I didn't look at the group chat. I didn't look at my text yep. messages. Nothing. Yeah. I just ignored it. I am very far in our group, far behind in our group chat. I woke up from a 30-minute nap. I was like, whoa! <laughs> I missed a lot. It was a blur. The day was an absolute blur, I swear. And, and at the, in a good Smart. way, it, just, it caught me off guard how quickly the day went. A hundred percent. Hey, if, if Alexandria wants to support us financially, she can always buy some of our merch. There you go. Yeah, they oh, did. Cool. They did. They, that's who they're oh. modeling our tote. It was oh. so great. Oh, yeah. wow. That's the fabulous silver tote. <laughs> yes. Oh, they're yes. fantastic. I love them. <laughs> Alejandro, welcome. Thank oh, you. So, hey, you. Alejandro. Uh, yeah, it was so much fun. So welcome. So Welcome cool. to, to late night. Ah, yeah, y'all with your waking up at three AM stuff. <laughs> so last yeah. night I went to bed super early. I'm like I can get up early more than I can stay up late. So we went to bed at like eight thirty. I woke up at nine thirty. Woke up at 10.30, woke up at 11.30, popped another melatonin, woke up at 12.30, woke up at 1.30 because I was having nightmares that everyone hated the episode. People were raking Dave over the coals. I'm like, I can't do this. I just got up at 2.30 and watch the show. Ryan, we we are very much alike. That's a a me scenario right there if I ever heard one. Yeah. 
So, so something I would do. <laughs> and here I am in Australia. Wait. Oh my God. Sleeping Kitten, I like you more and more every week. I didn't know you were in Australia. That's so Yeah, awesome. yeah, she is. She's Australian. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Oh, so I don't know, Sleeping Kitten, did you see? Um, I was just on Blue Band, the Milko, who are two other Australians, and we talked about fatherhood in The Mandalorian. It was really great. Nice. And I watched. I watched that with Jack today, so I, it was mostly about when Jack came to us, and I watched him. I watched it with him the first time today, and he, it was. So he's eleven teen now, so he won't show any emotions, but he was very snuggly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to say thank you to Sleeping Kitten for uh, coming to hang out with us, Seppos. She'll know what that is, <laughs> or they will know what that is. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into some news? Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm All gonna right. wing it, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> where, where are we starting? Um, whatever pops up first. Give me, give me, give me. Mop yes. and top, Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> the man, Giancarlo Esposito. I mean, this guy. Ah, I love that he got his own poster. I mean, look at him. He's just so badass. I love him. And he he's really fantastic is. actor, and just I cannot wait to see what else. You know, he does this season, but it's like I, with, you know, we only have so many episodes left. It's like they're either going to be really packed or they're just going to pick and choose certain things to give us that one, two punch towards the end. And then the rest mm-hmm. happens next season. Yep. But I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go from here. <laughs> yeah, let's put a pin in that. That's how we should start today's conversation. All we right. We have three episodes left and we don't know much. <sighs> This is going to be great, though. Some Star Wars, uh, some gallery, The Mandalorian season two. Yes, yes. I'm excited, you know, because I actually lagged on this last time it was around. And then once I finally got around to it, I was like, what the heck was I waiting for? Um, and mm-hmm. from what I read, it premieres on Christmas Day. So that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do this now. If it wasn't implied, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And I have to do it. (laughs) There she is. The dream personified. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting conversation. I don't, we're not all in the same place. I'm very excited for this conversation. Yes. But what do we have to say about, about our Ahsoka Tano, Mark? You know, it it was overwhelming. I, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, what I was seeing. And, 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 you know, because it was a little jarring at first, but then seeing her in action as things went on, I was just like, I can't believe I'm seeing this. I'm seeing her in action. It was mind-blowing, to say the least. I was anticipating, like, later. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Opening shot. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, just, you know, so good. I mean, I, and that's, I think that's good because right away, you want people to see what this character is capable of because there's a lot of people who are like, who is this? You know? Yep. So yep. to us, you know, we're like, we could have waited, of course, you know, because we know. But, you know, for, for the fan that doesn't know all that lore and hasn't followed every animated series, it's like, you got to sell it right away. Yep. And 100%. they did not hold back. Pink Milk. Get ready for go, girl. 
<laughs> we found a name. I, I love his name. little hands like that. It's like a very much a, a Jedi, mm-hmm. you know, resting and um, thinking little part. Yep. It's so yep. cute. Yeah. Go, girl. Um, Go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, after our watch, our, our talk with Star Wars Explained, we sat and had dinner, and then I watched this again with with the family, with the boys, and. Uh, Michael, our youngest son, in case you are not, if, if you're here from Star Wars Explained, I have three kids that I talk about all the time. Emma has a child <laughs> that she talks about all the time, so hopefully you like kids. Uh, saw him sitting, saw, saw Go Girl sitting like that, and Michael was like, Daddy, he's definitely a clone of Master Yoda. Definitely. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yes, it was. It was such a mature pose. That's like the yeah. most mature we've seen him. Like it, it really stood out to me. It really yeah. did. Um, but yeah. hundred, yep, hundred. The lot more going on with the little guy. And yes, <sighs> I was I was bored, and my friend, my friend Ro and I have had this ongoing joke about Gogurt for the longest time, and so that with you know Baby Yoda's name, it just I I was. Bored and inspired, and all of a sudden uh, that came about. So, yes, we should post. Wait, we did we post this, or was this just in the group chat? We should post this to our Twitter. It's a uh, Gogurt, but Go Girl. So you know, we got hey, yogurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, got, we got yogurt and Gogurt. Yeah, oh, so good. That was so good. I love it. <laughs> Thank love you it. for uh, for showing my silliness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me catch up on some chats here real quick. Uh, somebody else set their alarm. Ben set their alarm. Woke my husband up and forced him to watch first thing this morning. Well, oh, Ben, I was a puddle. Like Tom doesn't even joke anymore. I can't talk. It is what it is. I've been there. Um. Oh, thank you, Hope. Yes, Hope. Thank you, all the new our new listeners and followers. We do have a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. Get the Kleenex. We're going to, there might be. I was not emotional with Star Wars Explained. I can't promise in the sleep deprived moment that I am now that it will not, uh, it will not be there. I will definitely be an emotional mess on Sunday when I record with Tom. <laughs> Go glue cookies. Yeah. Yeah. They're like these like square. They're known as like tea cookies in other places. Mm. It's just like a plain square sort of shortbready cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Hope. Yes. Baby Yoda is the love <laughs> child of Yoda and yogurt from Spaceballs. That's our little yogurt. Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right. Are we ready to get into this? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, so I want to start with what you had mentioned, Mark. Um, A lot of people don't know who Ahsoka is. I mean, she is an incredibly popular character with Star Wars fans, but we all know this show reaches the casual fans who may not know who she is. So there's been lots of conversation and discussion regarding is the show getting too big? So what are like Emma, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on on that? Um I think that uh this particular episode was very shaped by the fact that the show uh is uh, supposed to be appealing to casual fans. Um because um like 
how do I put this? Um, Ahsoka, I feel like there wasn't a lot of exploration of the complexities of Ahsoka's character. And it was very much a, what you see is what you get or what you think you're going to get is what you get episode. Yep. And I think that the reason, like the reasoning for that was like, it was, it functioned that way because of the fact that the show is so welcoming to new fans of star Wars or people who are non fans, but just enjoy watching the Mandalorian. Yep. I think I can go with you there. And it's very hard for us. Like I am, again, if you're a first time listener or first time watcher tonight, I am, I, all of us do. I am definitely, I can, I will speak for my, I am a gigantic Ahsoka Stano, my favorite <laughs> character, but Din is up there. Din's getting up there actually. Mark, what about you? Are we getting too big? Um, it's, it's running the risk of doing that, but I, I, I have to trust in them that they know what they're doing because uh, it it could be very much that this particular show is going to help launch other shows. And it's a good platform to do that in Um, because right now, I mean, if you think about it, the elements and like you said, spoiler, the elements Mm -hmm. that were brought in here, you got your, your Thrawn, you got just what's ahead, the Beskar uh, spear. Um, And then we still have to get back to Boba Fett. And we still have Gideon. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, how are they going to fit this all in? And like, are we not going to see some of these characters that have been introduced early on back again this season? So, it, yeah, it, they really, they kind of need to be careful because if it's going to get too overwhelming and too crazy too soon. And, you know, I, like I was saying earlier when we were on Star Wars Explained, less is more, I think. Yep. You know, uh, yeah, I would love to see a big battle. Yeah, I would love to see all these different elements come together, but it's got to be done just right. You know, mm-hmm. yep. um, we're going to get too stuffed too soon. <laughs> yeah, there's like, <clears throat> like two things here. Like, uh, I mean, Tom and I spoke about this on Wednesday's episode when I, I asked Tom if this is too much for him. Like, because to us. I mean, I'll granted some of that conversation today on Star Wars Explained. I'm like, it was over my head. I'm like, okay, I'm not even, and I'm would like to think I'm a pretty darn big fan who knows a lot of stuff. But some of this was like out of my knowledge. It was like, okay, um, which is fine. That's cool. Uh, Tom's like, it just Tom's response is, it doesn't matter because we're there. Like, it, we can want it, not want it this big, but it, it's there. And I started thinking about. I go if you go back to a new hope. We didn't know if Darth Vader was even a robot or a person. We knew he was this Sith thing. We had this idea of an emperor or like this galactic senate, but we never saw it. But there were maybe you know there was so much thrown at you in those movies. We had never seen a lightsaber before. What the heck is a Jedi? And we didn't ask those questions then. Like we just took it and uh, and it was part of the world building. But. I, you know, is it because Star Wars is bigger now or is it that we as an audience expect more that that we can't just have backstory? Um, like, again, I love Dave Filoni. Like, I love the way he tells stories. I know there's been and I think I'm just going to bring some of this up. There's some stuff with people like the way this episode was shaped. Like, I'm here for it, but I like that style. I guess I saw a few things here or there, but I, I really like Dave Filoni's style. And this is mm-hmm. chapter five. 
I'm a big fan of chapter five. It was a very Dave Filoni feeling episode. Yeah. So maybe that's not for super mainstream audiences. I don't know. Maybe we're going to get used to it. Um, and then the other question is, we've got a lot. Like you said, Mark, there's, we've got creepy, saggy balls and jars and snokes. We have Boba Fett's running around. We have a Kray Jagger. We have Cobb Vanth. We have all these yeah. other Mandalorians now. There, there's so much thrown out there. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, God, I'm falling behind. All right, I can't do what I did last week. <laughs> ben, I think similar to how Rebel Season 4 seems like an entirely different show from Season 1. Yep. I agree. Season 1 of Rebels... I feel can be kind of ho-hum and it's kind of boring, but you have to watch it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly my experience. Like I basically watched season one of rebels, like with my phone, like playing, yep. can- playing candy crush, like just okay. running it in the background <laughs> so that I could get, you know, get the lay of the land. Cause yep. I knew that that wasn't where the real story was. It's yep. very apparent. And that memory is very fresh to me because I only just did it like a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is it Zeray? Is that how you pronounce your name? It's a beautiful name. Uh, part of why I love the original season was the simplicity of it all. Somewhat like a Western where there's time to marinate over themes and characters. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think this show is so good and it's so Star Wars-y in quotes of it seems very simple on the surface. And if that's all you want to leave it, it's also all you need. But there's so much... There's a lot of, you know, if you want to have a glass of wine and enjoy the different notes in the wine, you can do that. It's great. Um, okay. Yeah. Alexandra, while I adore the show so much, I feel the show is kind of slow and messy to get to the point and the side mission MacGuffin in every episode is a little old. We talked about this in one of our first uh, live streams, I think, where yeah. there was headbutting allegedly between Lucasfilm and Disney. Right. Disney wants the one and done's and Lucasfilm was wanting. So this is, I think, like a compromise, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Hope says. All of the cameos uh, is my biggest gripe. I feel like Dan and Go Girl <laughs> are getting lost in everyone else's stories. Uh, the Bo-Katan episode, the Ahsoka episode and the Mando and Baby are long for the ride. See, I don't know where casual fans getting lost in or is that us who are carrying the last 14, 12, 13, 10 years? Is it the Ahsoka episode and the Bo-Katan episode for everybody else or just for us? So I'm going to speak because uh, about this just because last week or was a couple of weeks ago when Bo-Katan premiered, <laughs> right? Uh, my friend Jacob, who also lives in uh, Canada's ball, had said that he was getting lost. He didn't know why this person should be important. It seemed like they were supposed to be important. And he was like, am I missing something? He goes, why, you know, is it this way? And he goes, I don't know that I can continue liking this because Mm. I feel like I don't have the knowledge I need to be able to kind of grasp everything I'm seeing on screen. And so some people do feel that way. So it's definitely nothing that we're making up in our heads. You know, I mean, that's why... Um, I think it is important how care, you know, care, they have to do all this very, very carefully. But, but then, like you said, when we watched a new hope, there were all these elements that we had no idea about, but we wanted to know about them. And if you're curious about it, and if you love it, you're going to take a deep dive and you know, it's as simple as that. 
I, that's how I've, I've been ever since I was a little kid. And I know I'm not everybody. I don't speak for everybody. But if something yeah. interests me, I'm going to go read the book. I'm going to go look at the Wikipedia page. I'm going to look at the old series and say, hey, this, these are where this character is highlighted. Let's find out a little more, you know? Yep. And then you're like, you know what? This isn't for me. Or I love it even more now. So, yep. Could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. I... It's hard. Like I'm so invested. It's very hard for me, which is one of the, I love having Tom here with me to have that conversation because like I, I have an inability to get there. It's too much in my DNA (laughs) to like, no, I know all these, these stories, these characters just too much. So of course it all makes sense. Like Tom on our live stream today is like, could you tell I was completely lost? It's like, I had no <laughs> idea what you all were talking about. <laughs> like, it was no, so was nice to have him though. He was, yeah. it was great to have him there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Cloud Rider Mike. Uh, is it getting a little heavy in the mystical four stuff? Too complicated? I, I could go either way because I think I like that we're getting and you know, M and I are very much the same for sure on this of like, I think we both dislike the Jedi probably equally as much. Uh, uh, and I like that we're getting more of a mystical force and there is another way of doing things. And I still think we're going to get that point of view from Ahsoka. What I don't want, I don't want it to feel like these are launching. This is not the show for a launching pad. If things spill out from it, maybe kind of sort of, but I don't want it to feel like this is everyone's test audience thing. Like, you know what I mean? Where you can just tell everyone's coming in and here's the springboard for that. Like, I don't, I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little worried about that personally. Okay. Sleeping kitten, but in a post return of the Jedi world is Ahsoka's backstory really all that relevant to Mando and the audience. Does he need to know all about Anakin Vader? What do two of you think? I think so. Because like I was talking about before about the the Sith and how we haven't really had a lot of that story come up here. They only know Jedi. You need to know what the warning signs are. You need to know what to watch out for. Um. Especially where, you know, Go Girl is um, involved. <laughs> because he's, it's even though uh, there's been training there there's still peril in that journey, no matter where you are, no matter how far along you are. Obviously we've seen adults who fall to the dark side, you know, um, by whatever, you know, a a war they become involved with a situation they become in love with, they become attached to somebody, you know I mean? All these, these things that happen in their lives, sometimes it's out of their control. And so I just think that, especially now he, you know, Den needs to have those tools and those stories and those warnings to be able to help make a decision. Ultimately, it's going to be Gogro's decision as they're leaving it to be right now. But at the same time, I mean, you're a father figure. You're going to want to watch out for your child's well-being and and, and counsel them and be like, you know, um, kiddo, I, I, you know, I want to support you in your decision. But I got to tell you, there's, you know there's some warning signs here. There's some things that could happen to you. And as your parent, I need to watch out for you. 
So, yeah. you know, and this, me not even being a parent, I, that's how I would handle it. I'd be like, okay, I got to, you know, keep an eye on my kid. <laughs> so, well, and that would, and that would fit also with the theory of Ahsoka's motivation being to not separate mm-hmm. yeah. Go-Girl yeah. from his parent. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Because she, she believes that parental separation was like, you know, the great evil that well, she was separated <laughs> from her parents too. She understands that stuff. You know, that's yeah. the stuff that we haven't really dug in with the Jedi very much. Alejandro, yeah. I agree. There's never enough mystical force stuff. I'm all there for that. Yep. These so, guys know. They know. I want to bring up something Two of your, your favorite characters. I want to bring up something because you guys almost remind me of them. Um, was it the, the Martez sisters? And look at what happened to their parents and what changed their course of their lives. Yep. You don't even have to be a Jedi or Sith or, or be involved with the Force to have something like that change the direction of your life and yep. not for the better, you know, yep. um, uh, until you get to have the opportunity to have a better life. You know, some yep. people may, some people may not, but uh, they're a perfect example that, yeah, it, it just, it absolutely changes everything. And Ahsoka yep. witnessed it with Ezra, too. Yep. yep. Right. Well, Anakin's story is one of the main themes of Star Wars, the push and pull of the dark and the light that happens to the best of us, like Ahsoka said, 100%. And another thing to touch on, I think it was our first roundtable of yeah. The Mandalorian and Trans um, when we were talking about gay erasure and the Jedi and the empire erasing the idea of what the Jedi were and the erasure. Well, that, that alone is why it's so important to talk about if Anakin was one of the best and he was a very famous Jedi, which I would imagine from the clone wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan were pretty famous Jedi. People like knew those names. Skywalkers became a very important name. And to erase that name, it's very relevant in my opinion, in a post Jedi world. It come, it comes up in Canon that Anakin was known as a war hero. He was known as like a, he was known. Yeah. So people knew who he was and his importance. So with that, I would say it's important for that purpose. Um, I think the outer, outer outer rim settlements area. Can someone? <laughs> I think in our outer rim settlements area, where they're more concerned with rebuilding, all that stuff is just politics to them. I agree. Um, yeah. 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 Brian, by the way, you said gay erasure, and all I could think of was the music group. <laughs> oh yes. Oops. Nope. You're good there. You're all good there. Thank you for saying that, Ben. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so that was very sweet. Do we have a (laughs) favorite moment from tonight? Was there a moment that spoke to anyone the most before we let them go down her? Uh, I'm really curious (laughs) what them has to say. Yeah, right. Well, if you wanted to go second, I'd go now. I just don't want to be hogging the spotlight. Sorry. I'm, I'm being super talkative tonight. All right. You go. Let Emma go last, so then she can okay. turn it into her overall. Because yeah, I, right. I think Mark and I are probably more on the same page. <laughs> so um, out of the many moments that we saw that were uh, interesting and, and, and awesome, I absolutely love that moment in the moonlight with Ahsoka and Go-Girl. And they're talking and you know it's like from din's perspective basically but it's also dave's perspective because it looked just like one of his drawings and it was his drawing come to life and and for him 
I mean, I can only imagine it must have been a very important moment. You know, uh, he's made something like this come to life. I mean, I, like I said, I would love to see a, just a still of that or just or him actually draw that. If that ends up in like the art of book someday, I'm going to be so happy because yeah. I just think it was such a beautiful moment. It was so well lit and it just nothing needed to be said except that these two different characters from different, almost different eras, you could say, you know, and um, came together and there they are. And it's a meeting of the minds. And I th- it's obvious that not only does Ahsoka think the baby's cute, but it's also just, you know, intrigued at this mm-hmm. particular creature, how it's survived and where its journey is going. It's a, it's, that's why she, even though she's not fully invested in it, she wants to point them in the right direction. However she can. Yep. So. Well, again, we we talked about these in the roundtable again, too, to be seen for the first time. Go, you know, Baby Gogru, we got to practice saying this name because it's going to be Baby Yoda for the first time and Lord knows how long was seen for what he was as a, a force user. Ahsoka mentions it later in the episode how few of them there are. When was the last time she was seen as a force user? Um, I guess there's two moments for me. I thought I had one. But I really don't, and hopefully, and first was. I'm sorry, but here we go. It's going to have my and there was the scene towards the end when Din was getting ready to say goodbye, and there was his melody was so beautiful. It was like this little nursery rhyme, and then the, mm-hmm. like it was so it was so beautiful, and he was just watching, and. He picks him up and he's just looking at him. And there was a time when we thought Michael was going to go away. And I remember looking at him when he was sleeping and we had just talked about just a few episodes before Din finally accepted that he was his father, but we talked about on Star Wars explained, like he's still in this, like I can't attach myself because he might go away. And I just saw him just staring at this little baby and it is my connection to Din as a foster father to an adoptive father. And I just see this thing. And I was brought back to this moment when I thought I was going to have to say, say goodbye to Michael. And it was so hard. And thank whatever's out there in the universe that he is still here with us um, because he needs to be here. They're going to make and me I, cry. <laughs> and I think about like how broken would Din be? He's becoming something that that child gets taken away from him, which I... I just I really feel very strongly that's going to happen at the end of the season. Yeah, He's gonna be I know. A broken man, oh. He's gonna be broken. I'm going to be a mess. <laughs> it would just really hit me right in the heartstrings, and then those the music, the music, the oh god, it was so good. A, a lot then, of all that. I'm oh, sorry. I just yeah. go ahead. I just want to add to what you're saying. No, no, no. Because I'm going to I'm going to switch before I continue yeah. down talking about dad times. Yeah. But I want to add to that dad times because it's it's through that lens, both of you being parents, that I've seen a lot more of what we've seen come to pass. Like I was sitting there with my jaw on the floor, all these things coming to pass. The 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 connection that Ahsoka, you know, verbalized yep. and you know, the way that the baby looks to him and he goes, you know, that he looks at you like you're a parent you know i mean yeah. he's like daddy then, you finally got it you got it yeah. daddy oh. and that it looks and it appears that there's some trauma there and 
I was just, it just, it blew my mind. It blew my mind that our experience here with each other ended up coming to pass in the show, like the way we've talked about it, the way we've looked at it, you know, nope. I, and it just, I don't know. It just made me love it even more. And that's why the episode, to me, it's like, it just, it took it up to another level. So yeah. that's what I wanted to say. So I'm sorry to interrupt, Brian. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> and then I have uh, uh, an Ahsoka moment that I hope it's going to be count number two. When they're training, they're training Yoda, right? And I know she and Yoda, baby Yoda, they're sitting there talking. Like, he can throw that rock back to her, but she's like, dude, your dad needs to do this. Like, your dad needs to do this. And he takes the piece from him, right? And there's this shot where Ahsoka walks over and puts her, leans her elbow on the tree stump and then takes the other one. And I saw Anakin Skywalker so much. I'm like, oh, my God, this actor fucking nailed it. Yeah. Like she's respecting. It was not Ahsoka. It was Ahsoka. What Ahsoka learned from Anakin. I saw shades of Anakin. And then to get the dialogue, if it happened to the best of us, the fact that she stood like that and in a very physical way was her master and her father, her brother, all the things we've talked about. And she, she owned his physicalness. Mm. And then owned his emotional heartbreak after that. Oh my fucking god! Like I have watched three times. I'm on the puddle every single time. Like he was so good. It yeah. was just so good. Like she was just. She was Ahsoka. Like to me, like you know, I I got I miss Ashley. I miss Ashley immensely. Yeah. But if we have to say goodbye to Ashley, like this performance, and this was her first time. Mm-hmm. She's only going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. We're yeah, lucky. So good. We're lucky. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, Alejandro. Sorry, I'm going to yeah. catch up here on chat, and we'll let him go. Uh, for me, it was how Grogu reacted to his name. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. We were just yeah. <laughs> so cute. Uh, I apologize now for Wednesday's episode. I'm going to be a fucking wreck with my husband sitting there. Uh, yeah, Alexandra, that lightsaber battle was so great. I'm a huge fan of lightsabers myself. Mm-hmm. I missed seeing a lightsaber like that you have no idea <laughs> seeing Morai was amazing yes. I, yes. Uh, yes if we have time today i want to talk about what we think Morai is because i don't we don't really know i think i know what she is but that's my that's my little Ooh, i want to hear this theory mm-hmm. uh i think ahsoka was more uh was most herself and alone with grogu a hundred percent this is they saw each other Queer yeah. people are always different. Look how different. Look, I couldn't get like this with Alex and Molly, and they couldn't be any sweeter. They could not yeah. be any nicer. But I can't emotionally connect the same way I can with my people here. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, we see each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, the shared memories, <laughs> the, they just understand. I agree. The connect, 100%, Ben, I can't read it. I'm sorry. Look on the screen. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dins, yep. Yeah, anxious pacing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like totally like a father waiting for like his kid to get examined. Yep. Is he going to be okay? Thank you, Alex. Anything yeah. bad didn't happen? You know, it's like what? The- yeah. <laughs> Brian makes his cry count number one. Uh, new watchers and listeners, get ready. I cry all the time, especially if it has to do with Ahsoka or Baby Yoda. Those two things are like instant triggers. Uh, and now I'm making Alexandria cry. I'm sorry, it's your day off. You should be crying. 
Sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> Virtual hugs. Oh, uh, everywhere here too. Oh, great. Hopefully, I'm not the only one drinking. No. <laughs> yep. Go, girl. Doesn't move the rock. You're doing great. A hundred percent. It's like riding the bike. You got this. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so cute. All right, Emma. What so- are your thoughts? Okay, so well, for my favorite moment, I think one of my favorite moments was um, when Din is like just dadding out to the max on the ramp of the ship and being like, you know, like you're not supposed to take that off the ship. <laughs> like that is so parenting a toddler, like five thousand percent. Like, honey, you know, you know, your Rainbow Bright doll has to stay in the car. You're not taking it into Target. Like that is like straight up. Like that is like. <laughs> See, you're probably a much nicer parent than I am. (laughs) You're like, sweetie, you can't do that. My style? Don't bring Rainbow Bright in the store because they're going to think you stole it. And if they think you stole it, you're probably going to get arrested, so you need to leave the car. (laughs) You're so much sweeter than I am. We've had these conversations. I'm not sure how soft of a person I actually am. Oh, daddy, you can't bring those in there. They're going to think you stole it. It's mm-hmm. fine. That's right. okay. So yeah, no, that was great, and and obviously like the t- like the fact that he didn't instead of going back on the ship and leaving the ball on the ship like that was like a telegraph. So I was like, yep. hmm, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, factors into the story later. <laughs> so yep. that was probably like the most standout part of the show, like for me, the most standout moment, and all from that one little shot. Of chapter three, yeah. that ball has gotten so much. Like, what a great call, whoever. And I feel like that was one of those calls that was probably not in the script. It was right there. It was one of those happy accidents that the like the <laughs> set was falling apart and the thing rolled off. So I'm like, this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> I mean, who knows? But that's what I feel. Yeah. Like. Oh. oh, Alexandria is loving the Rainbow Bright reference. Okay, yeah. here, let me tell. Okay, let me explain. Okay, there is actually a real Rainbow Bright in my son's life. Um, we were at a doing like a sidewalk. There was like a big sidewalk sale, um, not this past summer because COVID, but the one before. And a gift shop had a, a basket full of the little itty bitties, you know, the Hallmark little tiny plushy things. And he chose a Rainbow Bright itty bitty out of the basket and decided that that was going to be his new best friend. So he, <laughs> yeah, so he actually does have one. And I even, um, when we realized how attached to it he was, and we also realized that when it inevitably gets lost or whatever, he's going to have a meltdown. So I went on Amazon and bought him a backup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, may I remind you that the leader of the sprites is named Twink. Same. Yes, this is very true. <laughs> <laughs> What Mark and I once were, many. That is a name I have not been called in a a long, long time. Long time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so welcome to Star Wars Pink Milk After Dark, where we talk Star Wars queerly. (laughs) 
All right, Em. Okay, are you ready for my meta discussion about this episode? All I'm right. here for it. Lay it on. Ready to take the psychological journey. Hopefully, this won't be too much navel gazing, but but we'll see. We'll- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find out how interesting this is to the rest of the world. Okay, you ready? So, okay, so my first reaction to this episode was I was. <laughs> That's delightful. I Sorry, love you, Alejandro. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Before we get too meta, we got to throw that up. Okay, okay. Focus. So yeah, so my first reaction to this episode when I saw it this afternoon was very negative, like to the point that I was ranting at my wife. I was ranting in the group chat on Twitter, and it took some time and a lot of reading other people's impressions of the episode for me to change my mind. Um, so when I... I first saw the episode. I was extremely, I had a lot of consternation about the fact that Ahsoka wasn't playing the role that I anticipated she would, um, that she was not pushing back against the idea of the Jedi path being like um, appropriate for the child. Um, and she wasn't making any effort to, Um, mold uh, Din's impression of what Jedi are uh, based on her own experiences. I kept thinking to myself, like, where is my revolutionary Ahsoka? Like, where is my Ahsoka who finds the third way and defies convention and is defiant and is uh, meeting life as it is not as people wish it were. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't see any of that. And um, I understand now that a lot of that is on me. Like that's, um, those are my expectations. And this is my first time confronting that with the Star Wars franchise. We've already talked about the fact we've already talked about the fact that I'm not like a speculator type of person. I very much have always had the attitude of like, oh, you know, like I get whatever I get, you know, like the writers are the professionals. They know what they're doing. I trust them. I trust them to tell me a good story. And as long as it's a good story, I don't really care what's inside the box. This was my first time really being invested in a particular outcome or in a particular story being told by a character that I have a certain lens on. Mm -hmm. And just because the writers decided to emphasize a different aspect of her character and take things in a different direction, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I have the right to feel angry about it. We it's come up often in fandom discourse about expectations, especially oh. <laughs> in regards to the sequel trilogy. That is why I am wearing this t-shirt right now. I did this on purpose. And um because like I would sit in judgment of people sometimes, and there is no excuse for the behavior of some people. We all know what I'm talking about. However, I'm in the f- I feel like I'm going to go forward with a new understanding of how it happens that people can get extremely worked up when a story doesn't go the way that they wish it had. Yep. And 
I do truly, like, I truly, truly believe, I mean, as we've heard, again, if you're familiar with the show, I am super into fan fiction. I'm very embedded in the fan fiction community. I write it. I read it. I have friends. I have friends both on the internet and in real life who, who write fan fiction. And I love the idea that a story can go anywhere. Like you can, you know, as they say, you can drive to Antarctica. You can do anything you want in this, in the space of a story. And that applies just as much when you're sitting in a, in a Lucasfilm writer's room as it does when you're sitting in front of your computer trying to write a fix it for an ending that you didn't like. And so mentally, I'm okay with giving the writers freedom to take the story where they wanted to take it and to emphasize different aspects of Ahsoka's character than what I was looking for and what I was looking for to be fulfilled by this story. Um, And just because they emphasize different aspects of her character does not mean that she was acting out of character. Hey, Twitter, that's how you do it. (laughs) Now, here's but here's another thing is that I think part of it is that if you look at each cluster of the films at each trilogy, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like one of the major themes is roles. So the prequels were about defining roles like what is the role of this type of person what is the role of this type of person what part do they play in the bigger picture what kind of behavior is expected of them how do they defy those expectations how do they fulfill those expectations the original trilogy was about fulfilling roles it was about having one defined and stepping into it. The characters step into these archetypes and they step into these roles and they fulfill them. And that's where the the story is satisfying to us. Right. And then the sequel trilogy is about transcending roles. You have all of these characters who are completely unexpected. They come from unexpected places and they fit into these archetypes, you know, like you have like, a lot of people have an issue with the fact that Ray is so powerful in the force without any training. Well, that's part of transcending a role. Like someone who is a scavenger from a desert planet doesn't, you know, can, can, can become a powerful warrior. You know, you have Kylo Ren. He's a darksider, but he's not a Sith. So, you know, it's one of the first, it's one of the first times that you see, you know, like, so it's, it's all about like transcending, you know, you have this, you have Finn who was programmed and brainwashed and he breaks his programming. That's what this, the sequel trilogy is about. Like and those, and those characters and what their roles are. It's all about like transcending and, and breaking boundaries and dissolving them. And I feel like I was primed for wanting this from Ahsoka by that because I was like that's Ahsoka's role Ahsoka's role is to be the dissenter to be the you know to be the opposition and to be the person who defies expectations because that's what her role was in the Clone Wars but that's not necessarily what her role is going to be on the Mandalorian and 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 I can and I can accept that and I'm going to go forward with that in mind and in a way, it helps me to appreciate her character even more deeply because it adds depth because it means that there's more to Ahsoka. Ahsoka is not just the person who walked away from the Jedi Council. She's not just the person who looked Anakin in the face and said, I am no Jedi. 
there's more to her. She has learned more. She has grown. She has expanded. She contains multitudes. And Dave Filoni knows Ahsoka better than I do. And I can accept that. And maybe even embrace it. So I, I mean, as I said in Star Wars Explained, you're the smarty pants. I'm the crier, Mark's laugher, you're the smarty pants. That's our roles. We've accepted them and embraced them. Speaking of roles, those are our roles. But one of the things that I think, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to you, I see your chats, but I want, I want, like this show we have talked about on this, well, we're not the only podcast, but we, we are like, this show's about identity. And Ahsoka in this moment for me was like, I, in my head canon, Bo-Katan rang up her homegirl. She's like, dude, like you can't say much to this guy because he is fragile. He is like in this box right now and he cannot be broken out right now because he will fall apart. Like his entire identity is built on this thing that he just realized you don't have to be. And I have, I feel, and that's what I've always felt Ahsoka's role in this was going to be, was to break him free of a role. You are more than this role that you were told you had to be. You are the individual inside of it. And how on brand is it for Ahsoka to say, this is you? She was breaking him of those expectations of her. Meanwhile, she's breaking the audience of the expectations of what you told me to be. She is beyond what you tell me I can and cannot be. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian, you came here to find a, a teacher. You're his father. You are his teacher. You have the tools in that ship right down to the one thing he's going to take came from your ship. I didn't give it to him. You gave it to him. Learn to be bigger than what you think you can possibly be because if you, you have that in you to be bigger. And I think she, and again, Ahsoka will always put everyone else first always she knew she needed to be the jedi and she does say when she walks away i'm not coming back not yet not right now what if she has come back around to it is post she said that before order 66 she didn't know it was coming Ray Skywalker takes the name Skywalker at the end of the rise of Skywalker to me because she needed to instill hope in the entire galaxy outside of her. So she took that name for all those little no ones like her. What if Ahsoka is about to, this is what we're going to do with a Jedi. You can call me a Jedi because there are no Jedi left. And I know the galaxy right now might need that word again, because some people, some people saw the Jedi as the villains. Obviously we mentioned, Mark mentioned the Martez sisters, but now the empire took over. Do you think maybe these people want the Jedi back? They were, you know what I mean? So I think there's some, some stuff there. Let me go through these chats and we'll get to you. Mark. Sound good. Yeah. Yeah. No, just like, I'm just still taking it yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. Uh, yeah. I think she has PTSD from Vader Anakin. I mean, yeah, I talked, I talked to, yeah, I talked about that on Star Wars Explained. Yep. Yeah. She felt it, and then she saw the reality of it. You know? Um, I read it that she was focused on her mission, but after speaking to Grogu, uh, I, I can't say it, Grogu, uh, through the forest, she trusts that the forest will lead the child to the right path, which is with his daddy. And his soon-to-be other gay space daddy. Yes, Alejandro, that's our smarty pants, Emma, right there. With that analysis. <laughs> 
Hope, my issue is people bashing on other people who didn't like Ahsoka. There needs to be a place where all the opinions can be equally valid. Having a negative emotional reaction shouldn't be put down. I agree 100%. Yes, I agree 100% as well. Like, I totally support that view. And I also think that for all of my hope, and I know other people's hope, that Ahsoka would be this figure of defiance, um, it's okay to be disappointed that that didn't happen. Or... Maybe like, we haven't being, seen it like, yet. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's still some some to see, but I'm just saying, like, I think I, I can totally understand having a negative reaction to the story when it doesn't be we're looking for. But I, 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 I'm just trying to make a distinction between, tra- like, saying that something is out of character or that it's bad storytelling and saying, like, this story disappointed me. Because those can be the same thing, but they're, yep. they're not always. Yep. Hundred percent. But I hope I totally support you and like a hundred percent. Yes, Ben is correct. Uh, our Emma was on the Katana Cast, which you should check out that queer content uh, uh, podcast as well. Uh, and yes, Em does talk about her ascension, and it's great. Um, that's why she's compared to a gray Jedi, not the dark, not the light, but in between. I love her laugh out loud. Yeah, we're all Ahsoka stands here. Mm-hmm. Did Ahsoka actually call herself a Jedi in the episode? She did not. But no. she didn't say no to it either when other people put it on her, which we talked about last week, what that what that means. Um, yeah. Could mean, I guess it's not the definitive. Um, I think she shouldn't correct Armando. She didn't uh, correct yep. Armando when he called uh, her yep. a Jedi. That's yep. true. Yeah, no. Yep. She, yeah, she didn't correct anybody. She didn't correct or contradict anyone who yep. called her a Jedi. Yeah, Zuri yeah, actually listened to our last week's live stream because we went into that on a very LGBTQ <laughs> lens. Uh, yeah, for example, some of us are, oh, I'm getting that chat right out of here. No Star hey, Trek hey, here. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I love you, Petra. I, I, I got you, Petra. I got your back on that, okay? I have I all your backs. Understand. I have to be. I, I tease. I kid. Yeah. I kid. <laughs> no, which one's Enterprise? Is that the new one? No, 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 no. Inter- that was um, the, the one with uh, Scott Bakula, um, you know, for the very early days of the Federation yeah. and, and so forth. Okay. And, and, and I understand because there, there were a lot of issues with that show and it got really good right before it ended, unfortunately. Um, you know, but it had some great characters and it had a lot going for it. It's just a little one. rough, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough, you know? And then, I, I mean, that's me being nice about it because, again, like, even the, 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 the worst of any of these franchises that we love, it's still part of it. It's still part of the family, yep. you know, it may not be the best, but there's yep. always something redeeming in it, you know? Yep. So yeah, let me throw this other question. So on, uh, the other night I watched the newest star, uh, uh, uh Terminator movie, which is funny. that Michael oh, yeah. is in this episode. Dark Knight, right? Dark yeah. Knight? yeah. So we, I brought this up earlier about, you know, we were talking about a new hope. And that there was a lot of layers there that nobody was upset. Is it the audience? Is it the fact that Star Wars is bigger now? Part of me, and not the three of us, because I would like to think the three of us are intelligent people. That sounded bad, too. But, like, I, I think some of, I was somewhat expecting my, I am no Jedi, again, in this thing. Like, I wanted her to walk around, I'm not a Jedi, I'm not a Jedi. That's what I was like. But I also, in watching Dark Fate, which was cool, it was fine. It was like two, 30, it was like 30 minutes too long. Because, but like it was fine, but I feel movies and media right now they really paint every single 
picture. And I hear heard a lot of that stuff when you when you're reading the discussion surrounding the sequel trilogy. There isn't enough that we want everything spelled out. And that for me, that's not my Star Wars. My Star Wars doesn't really spell anything out because you put yourself under that under that bucket of whatever the character is wearing. So you can be that. We were talking about this. I was on Triad of the Force a few weeks ago, and it's part of the problem of, not a problem, but it's the difference between science fiction versus a myth. And a myth can't give you that much detail because then you lose the myth. Right. And we, Star Wars walks that line very, very much. And it's, it's just interesting because we're stories are told differently now. And I think if the Mandalorian is anything, it is just very classic Star Wars. Like it is very good at being Star Wars. Yeah. Minus some of the humor. Cause as we've mentioned, <laughs> they're either right on the money or they're <laughs> way wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> all right, Mark, what do you, what do you, what do you have to bring to this? As this far as talk. <laughs> talk. where she's at, how she was represented. How she's um, portrayed. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, when we first saw her and, and she's just going at it, hacking at these aliens and, you know, we're like, what is she doing? It's like, it was it was a lot to take in because I was like, I don't know if I want to see her just fucking hacking people down left and right, you know, but mm-hmm. but uh, there's more going on here, you know. Um, and then we get the bigger picture and then we start to get to know her and then we see that side of Ahsoka come out that we love, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and that little window into her and, and just a, enough of a tease, you know, no names except for when she mentioned Yoda and you heard his little theme in the background. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. But um, it was enough. I mean, I mean, I have to say her, her lightsaber skills, they were just amazing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a combination of her and a stunt double, but it was all done beautifully. I mean, it showcased how well she, you know, can take care of herself, you know, yep. and wield yeah. the force. Um, and then just the fact that we got to see a duel between her and another female character, I it's just like, oh my god, this is so great! And yeah, it's very much like a samurai fight. It wasn't, you know, over the top. It took its time. They were sizing each other up before each attack. I mean, it was just like at first, it 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 really struck me like as very jarring the way the episode unfolded. What? But then when I stood back and I took it all in, I, I was talking about this earlier on Star Wars Explained. It's like when we went from Kill Bill 1, it's just all out hacking and, and, and killing and stuff. And then you go to Kill Bill Volume 2 and it's just much more slower paced and you have to take everything in and kind of just stop and smell the flowers. And really, this, this episode just slowed us down just a bit because I have a feeling we're about to like hit full swing again after this, right? Um, yeah. It just allowed us to just kind of take this in. It's like, look at this character. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're capable of. And... I just, yeah, by the end, I just love that we absolutely got to see her do her thing. It was like, this is the Ahsoka we all know. You know I mean? Yeah. She was just, you know, right on the money. And then, and then also, yeah, you know, let's not even forget the fact that you got to see a Mando and a Jedi fight side by side, which probably hasn't happened for a long time. As far as they're concerned, they're enemies. They have a lot of bad blood, but that's a yeah. pretty big deal. You know, the, we got to see that in this episode, and even like the 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 baddies involved. You know, we're kind of like, oh, you two have paired up. 
Like, this is unheard of, you know? And like he said, he goes, no one's going to see it coming. And they had the yeah. element surprised by yeah, I love that. It was good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it just, I, I, yeah, it's just the more and more I think about it, the more I like it, which I'm glad because I thought it would go the other way. I was a little scared this morning when I watched the episode. I mean, last night when I watched the episode and woke up to see it again, that each viewing, I was going to not like it more yep. and more and more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens, you know. Yep. Um, this was not the case, and I, I'm actually very, very pleased with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm liking it more because I'm, I'm learning to accept the voice, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm just okay. It's it's not the same, but there's that line, you know, after they just after Mando and Ahsoka had their little brawl, and she's like, he's like, Bo-Katan sent me, and she, yeah. and, you, know, you, you whatever it was, you, I can talk to you, and she's like. Whoosh, I hope you can talk about that guy. Like it was such an Ahsoka moment. Like I was like, that like it's so Ahsoka. And then the other part of like, you know, which I don't, I don't remember the lines exactly, but she was like, you know, I'll always love the first time. They're always memorable. (laughs) Good or bad. They're always memorable. I was like, that is so Ahsoka. It's just very Ahsoka. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, Yes. Alexandria girl boss, lightsaber fights. I'm here for it. Uh, ben says it's also a side effect of clickbait film analysis in the internet age that anything presented with any shade of ambiguity in storytelling is somehow bad writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes. Hope. I think I can see some twins sons fight. Oh there. yeah. Oh for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Alejandro is definitely very samurai. <laughs> And Petra, gosh, yes. Ahsoka was heartbreakingly beautiful. I'm not so much of a fight scene guy, but she was exquisite. 100%. 100%. I love that lightsaber duel. It was so good. We have not seen the Star Wars lightsaber duel like that in a hot minute. It was really, really good. Uh, since Rebels when, uh, is when Jedi and Mandos fought together, to mm-hmm. our knowledge. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoray yeah. says, yes, I'm assuming Ashley had her input in the episode somehow. I hope so. So I hope we get that in the gallery episodes. I yep. think we're going to see that there because there's no way that he would have not had her be a consultant on, on that episode to talk mm-hmm. with Rosario. You know, because I just think that that's super important. It's like, you know, you're mm-hmm. handing this important character off to somebody and it's only apparent that Rosario really knew what she was being handed because the way she handled it, the way she presented, she, she played it very straight, you know, yeah. so to speak, yep. as straight as it can be on a queer podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, her delivery, she, she believed it. She helped us believe it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's super important because yeah, the, I, like I was seeing before there. Uh, there's a lot writing. There was a lot writing on this episode. You know, I mean, this is Dave's like baby. This 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 whole yeah. episode, this character that he absolutely loves. I mean, you know, I can't believe we got to see this today. It's still it's still so like fresh, and I'm still processing it. And I feel like I'm just it's a dream. Like you know, nope. you know, those weird dreams where like characters come to life, and you 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 wake up, and I'm like, man, I wish that was true. <laughs> That's what yeah. today felt like. It really did. A hundred percent. I I was excited for Bo Katan. I know so many people were so happy, and I like yeah. Bo Katan. But like again, the name drop of Ahsoka stole. It's just stole everything for me for a minute, which was the danger. But I'm really happy that I don't feel like she stole the episode. Yeah. Um. So. 
before we go, because we're all up very, very late, <clears throat> we talked about this. Oh, I want to say this real quick. I said on Star Wars Explained, but I am so happy that Ahsoka was the one that delivered the baby's name. Mm, yeah. I like that it wasn't Din who put a name on a child who already had a history. Yeah. Coming from someone who has three children, I didn't get to name them. You know, they came. It, it was who they were. That's what they got to own. That's what they got to bring to us. And now Gogru, which I cannot say. That's a very hard word to say. That I better also find out in gallery that George Lucas named that thing. Like, that better have come straight from George. From Grandpa. I will riot. That was Grandpa. I riot. I will not listen to what Emma just said now. Um, <laughs> but, um, so on, I already went over this on, 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 on Wednesday's podcast. So I want, I, but I'm curious about the two of you about whether or not, actually we'll go through the chats and we'll go to you. Uh, do you want Ahsoka to get her own show? So I'm going to read the chats while you ponder. And I will just say it here real quick, like, which Tom was surprised about. Cause I don't think I want her to. I think I want her to be a guide. I think for me, that's probably how she's better suited now. She had the Clone Wars. That was basically her show yeah. um, in a lot of ways. So, uh, yes, Hope. Ashley could have some input in the film, but we don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I hope we get some of that in gallery. I agree, Mark. Uh, there's a line at the very beginning of the episode. This is Ben. Sorry. There's a line at the very beginning of the episode that uh, will that I will bet money that Ahsoka recorded a guide track for Rosario to mimic uh, that it was the exact same intonations. 100. percent Yeah, I yeah. noticed it right away. Yep. Yeah. Somebody on Star Wars explained. I I saw in the chat or something for a minute. They wondered if they like merged those two voices on top yeah. of each other for a minute because wow. it sounded so similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Zeray, the act, the character of Bo-Katan was based on the actress or vice versa. I, I mean, it was the same actor that played both. I would, I think, I think, um, uh, Katie Sackhoff changed her appearance based on an ET article that we talked about a few weeks ago mm-hmm. to match more of Bo, right. uh, which was really, really cool. They almost oh, wow. picked Blake Lively for oh, who? Interesting. For Ahsoka? No, for uh, for Bo, I think. Oh, for uh, Bo Katan. Okay. I don't. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I don't know. Yeah, the big it's Grogu. That's right. Yeah, that's how you should remember it. Grogu. There you go. Grogu. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Like I said, I haven't been called the Twink in a long time. I'm now the Pops. <laughs> pops. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> oh my. Grogu, but it does help. So you know, whatever. Yeah. No, Grogu. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh Alejandro, for me, it's clear as day that we will have the Rebels sequel, Ahsoka and Sabine on the quest to find Ezra. I think that was Ezra at the end she's referring to. Pending on a lawsuit, I guess. Yeah, so, Petra, you're referring to the lawsuit the uh, against um, Rosario Dawson, correct? Which I believe 18 of the 20 allegations have been dropped by the plaintiff. For no, no money. Yeah, with no, no there's no settlement. Yeah, and the lawyer has also bailed at this point. So that makes me, you know, that doesn't like free and clear, but it makes me feel a little more comfortable coming into this for me personally. Uh, 
Uh, see my post before that one, Brian. Ashley didn't have input with casting. They didn't even talk to Ashley at all, according to her Instagram post. I do remember something about that. Mm-hmm. Drama. Yeah. Blake Lively for Ahsoka. Oh. Who is Blake Lively? I'm not an actor person. I know the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been interesting. She's, but no. I don't no. know. No. I, yeah, no. She, I mean, it'd be, yeah. it'd be nice to have her come in as somebody else at some point, but uh, not Ahsoka. No. No. Yeah. No. All right. Why well, look up Blake Lively? Emma. <laughs> do you want Ahsoka to have her own show? I don't for the same reason that you do. And actually it, it also gives me a bit more reflection about this, um, about this episode where I realized that there wasn't much like Ahsoka there, but that's because it's not a show about her. Like it's about her being a tool Right. And her being a guide and her being a conduit for the force. And when you're a vessel, you like you don't get to have your own thing inside of you. You you have to let yourself be filled with, you know, with whatever is like with with, with the presence, with the spirit, with the force. So, yep. you know, it, it makes sense that there wasn't much Ahsoka in Ahsoka because she wasn't there for herself. She was there for someone else. Like you said, like she always, her life is always in service of others, which is why it's very like, that's part of the the bittersweet tragedy of her leaving the Jedi order. Right. Because they claim that they live, uh, that they live this monastic life so that they can better serve others. But they were so self-serving that she just couldn't stomach them because she was the person who was the truest to that value. And when she was confronted with their hypocrisy, it was too much to take. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, now I remembered another conversation. So, but we'll go quick about who mm-hmm. we, what we, slash we think Mariah is. You said Vessel. So I want to go about Convores real quick. As to yeah. Close it out. Yeah. To yeah. close it out. Mark, what do you think? Do you want Ahsoka to have her own show? No. And not not just yet anyway. Um, going up with what Alejandro said, I want to go back to the Rebel sequel. I want to go and find out how we got to this point. Um, and then, you know, and then eventually if, if we do need to have an Ahsoka show, let's have that conversation then. But let's finish up what was started before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you both were saying, the guide, I, I love that for her. You know, she basically is the Obi-Wan in all of this. She's the only spirit guide with the, that experience and, um, to be able to guide these characters and point them in the right direction, you know, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's that's give me the rubber sequel. <laughs> she has been in every area of Star Wars so far. Yep, that's true. Now that, now that's that her voice true. has been in the sequel trilogy, she has yeah. been through everything. She's like the perfect. I mean, the droids too, but like as a living being, she's the first thing. Yeah, she she's yep. the snips for the ages. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I would just want a Rebel sequel. I agree. Hope uh, Thrawn, Ezra, and all that in animation. It started there and it should end there. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, held back by CGI for the live action. Yep. I'm all. I, yeah, we need more live action stuff. I still yeah. want my. I still want my live action story with our original trio f- between between uh, Jedi and the Force Awakens. I want that mm-hmm. very badly. 
Give me all the sequels, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would say she was coming Qui-Gon. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Zuri. Yeah, that, that is actually much more, yep. much more, uh, uh, that makes more sense just to have her as that character. <laughs> the day the Rebel sequel is announced, I'll become one with the Force and leave this mortal plane. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of becoming one with the Force and leaving mortal planes and vessels... I will share real quick what I think Mariah is. And I'm curious about the two of you. And then we'll wrap this up mm-hmm. because this is going to be an easy one, two, three conversation that will require no complexity. So, uh, post mortis, you know, is it real? Is it not real? We on peak milk after dark, we are more deep divers. So let's just pretend everyone listening is that if you are more of a casual fan, uh, Wednesday show is definitely for you with my husband, Tom. So Mortis, you know, is it real? Is it not real? Did the, did the daughter give Ahsoka her life? Did she not? I tend to believe that it was real. Yes. And yep. I believe we talked about this before. We didn't know what Ahsoka could be. Clearly she's just alive. Uh, at least now, whatever, where, wherever, wherever we are with her at this moment. Mm-hmm. But I believe that the convoys never really, I don't think, started showing up until post-mortis. That's right. I could yeah. be wrong. Yes, you're correct. Uh, okay. yeah. I think that Ahsoka is the living force. And while she is stuck in this mortal being, her mortal physical shell cannot hold all of the force. And that's what Morai is for. I think Morai is the force that connects her physical body into the greater realm of something else. And that one day she will pass. And when she, you know, when she passes, she will pass through Morai and become the force itself. Like that's what I think Ahsoka is. Like, it's almost like, I don't know if either of you have read uh, his dark materials. Mm-hmm. Yep. with the daemons and it's I feel very much like Morai's like her little daemon or demon or however you however you're supposed to pronounce it. but that's yeah. but that's kind of what I think oh she is okay I yeah. remember what you're talking about in okay. a way you know yeah. that yeah. that was more for puberty and pre-puberty and lots of innocence and all that in the books but like yeah but like I think that's how I've always viewed it Mark what about you no, I, I totally agree. It's like you're saying, it's like it's an anchor to this world until it's time for her to go to that next level. Um, I was, I was like, as soon as I saw it in the beginning of the episode, I was like, oh my God, did, did I just see that? You know, it's like, you know, because sometimes we obviously see a little too much into these episodes because we want it to be there, but it was there. No mistaking it. Yep. There's no mistaking. I love Morai Carey. Okay, next. Yep. I didn't catch her. I didn't catch the owl the first time. That was time a bad pun, by the way. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I watched the episode, like, literally it was over. Yeah. Tom fell asleep snoring on the couch, and they hit play again. And then I watched it, like, two feet from the TV, standing up for the next 40 minutes. But I, I saw I saw him right. Like, like a little kid on Sunday morning with a cereal watching cartoons. <laughs> thousand percent. Yeah. Thousand percent. Em, what about you? Okay, so here we go. You ready? Strap in. <laughs> okay. So we already know that there's the living force and there's the cosmic force. And, and owls in... Our world, outside of the Star Wars world, mm-hmm. the one where we have to, you know, do boring things like go to work and <laughs> drink our coffee in the morning and do a commute and get road rage. Um, <laughs> but they're messengers. Like, Not when you listen to Pink Milk on the way to work. You can just true. Google all your way there. So true. And cry. So, 
So anyway, so um, uh, in works of art and literature, owls are messengers. And I kind of have a similar idea to you, Brian, but not quite the same. Because for one thing, the living force is like the Buddhist concept of Dharma. It's basically like if you imagine a quilt that covers everything that exists. So different patches of the quilt, they look different, but they're all part of the same unity. That's what the living force is. The living force is kind of like a net that like exists over everything that is real, that is made of matter. The cosmic force is that which is, it's kind of like, it's a parallel form of the force that is like the divine. So it's kind of like encompasses like the afterlife and, um, uh, creation energy, like sort of what we would think of as like divine energy. And I think that Morai is a messenger between the living force and the cosmic force. Um, and that's actually like where force ghosts come from. Like the whole, uh, the whole concept of a force ghost exists because of the idea that the, a being that lives in the cosmic force can come and exist in the living force at the same time, even though they're running parallel to each other. Mm. So, I mean, the, yes. And, and also, I mean, obviously like, I do believe that Mortis is real. I mean, I believe that, in the sense that I don't think it's a figment of the imagination of the characters that were there. And I think that the events that took place there um, have an important bearing and are like meaningful. And it's not just like one of those, like it was all a dream things. Like I know some people have that interpretation, but I do not. And I think that like, and it's already been implied, if not outright said that Mortis is not actually a physical place. It's kind of like, it's more useful to think of it as like a pocket dimension. Hmm. So if you it's think of it, space for sure. If you think of it that way, it's like, yeah. Um, so I think that, like, yes, the daughter gave some of her life essence in order for Ahsoka to continue to exist. But I think that Ahsoka is still a being of matter, but she's enhanced, and that's what Moray represents: is her her umbilical cord to. Mm-hmm the cosmic force mm. from the living force, which infuses her. And, um, uh, and I was going somewhere with this. Oh yes. So to address what hope said about how she's still in her gray cloak. Um, I think that Ahsoka, the white exists outside of time. Like okay. that's the thing is like, she can be anywhere in the timeline and nowhere. Because she tr- she travels like Ahsoka the White belongs to the world between worlds. Yep. So it's like just because we see her chronologically at a certain place in the story, um, I don't think that that necessarily means that she is like Ahsoka the White at this point in the timeline. Yep. Because there are there is really more than one Ahsoka. There's the one that that exists in the world between worlds and can travel through time. And the one that exists in the physical space and is constrained by the rules of physics as everything that is infused as the living force is constrained. Yes. Yes. And I'm going to back you up a little bit with religious stuff. I don't remember all the terminology off the top of my head anymore because of booze and sleepiness, but I am a, 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 I love a lot of Hindi ideas and Hinduism and all like 
very much in my spiritual being. And there is the power of the gods that women possess that then give to, I mean, I'm not here for all of the, <laughs> the gender inequalities going on, but yeah. that, that women are the, the vessel through which power is then given to the man to the male gods. And that's something similar to what I, I like when I was talking about the demons is I feel like that you said it, you know, Mora is kind of this tether. She's the umbilical cord or it is, or whatever, you know, it's like the umbilical cord giving Ahsoka the extra power that she kind of had that she has. I mean, yeah, Um, for sure. I'm all here for it. I love that they've been around for what, 10 years. Yep. And we've never been given what they are. We don't really know. We just kind of see them. And it's like, that's such beautiful storytelling to me, uh, which I love. Is Ahsoka the only one to reverse the red saber? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, did Bastilla, did she heal her crystal? I don't even know who Bastilla is. Uh, Bastilla Shan, she was like a sort of in a, uh, yeah, in like yeah. a dyad with Darth Revan and they both like went, they were good and then evil and then good again. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I think so. A hundred percent. Zure, a hundred percent. Um, Ben Mortis to me exists as a physical manifestation in the cosmic force. Some mortal minds can comprehend it. It's not a place. I agree. I think it's more of like a, an emotional space between things, which maybe that's what the world between worlds is too. I don't know. Shakti, Shakti. Oh, interesting. Oh, the original name of Shakti. Okay. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Boom. I will say I was very nervous what Ahsoka was going to look like because Shakti is rad. Don't get me wrong. I love that yeah. character, but she was straight up scary looking and I did not want a scary looking, <laughs> scary looking Ahsoka. And we got a very kind looking Ahsoka. They weren't gonna do- oh, okay. But one, one last thing about, yeah. about Ahsoka, about Ahsoka reversing the red saber is that, um, like, I don't know if a lot of people talk about this or know about this, but like touching another person's saber is like very intimate. And the fact, the fact that she like healed someone else's crystal is like phenomenal. Like that is an incredible feat. Like, I don't, I I don't know if everyone who witnessed that fully comprehends like the depth Mm -hmm. of meaning behind it. Mm hmm. But yeah, so if it's something that you've never thought about, you need to go learn about kyber crystals and learn about how they work and learn about lightsabers and what they mean. Yeah, because <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like they the, when they go looking for the crystal, they it chooses them almost like yes, um, just like in the way like when you go to Ollivanders and like you know the particular wand, uh, it chooses you as well. There's a connection there. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It's very, very And important. we saw in the Clone Wars episode, the, uh-huh. gather- the Gathering, that it's not only just about getting the crystal, it's how you get the crystal. Like, mm-hmm. the trial mm-hmm. that you are put through to get to it yep. is supposed to t- give you some insight about yourself or you know, yep. t- teach you an important lesson. It's yeah, a very ga- spiritual experience. The Gathering is a great episode. Also, 
in those original Clone Wars cartoons by uh, Tartanovsky, however you, Gendy, however you say his name, those original ones, there's in season two, Luminar Undali takes Barris to Ilum to find her crystal there. And there's some really great conversation there. Um, it's probably reinterpreted again in the gathering, but I really liked that too. And it was mostly because in those episodes, Cree summer voiced uh, Luminara Undali. And I love Cree summer. Oh, Ben. Yeah. She was also <laughs> princess Nisa in the original Ewoks cartoons. Different she, world, different, different world. world. Yeah. I got and to talk to her at a convention, by the way. Seriously? Oh, yeah, please. Well, she better be nice. I no, I went up because I we were we, you know we got to go up and talk to them, and I, I I spoke to her. I asked her a question. We talked at length, not only about a different world, but like animation and stuff. And she was super sweet. And it was so yeah. cute to hear her voice. Oh, yeah, so we talked. Yeah, I love her to death. <laughs> I have spoken to her on Twitter a few times. Like Street Fairy is she had recorded an album in '99, I think. Street Fairy yeah. is so damn good. <laughs> Yeah. It is such a great album. Oh my god, Miss yeah. Moon! I'm here for it for days and days and days. Great song, Freddie on di- on a different world. Yep. If I remember correctly, yep. yes, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just uh, yep. you know, I, I, the fact that she just does all this voice acting. You know, after we've seen all this other work that she's done. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, she's just something else. I just I follow her on Twitter too. I'm sure you do yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just it was cool to interact with her. It really was. Um, because it was, it's just everything that I would have expected her to be was just yep. right there. And I was like, yep, that's, that's her. That's why I yep. thought she'd be like super cute. Ben, that was in the book, right? Also, the Blood Crystal called her as a, as a healer, right? In the Ahsoka novel, which is such a great novel. Yeah. Yes, Alejandro, emotional space, a chef's kiss. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yep, even with the Sith, it's an yep. interesting process. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Petra. <laughs> it is so good, though. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you, the two of you. We are all probably going to quickly pass out. Yeah. I hope everyone here in the United States had a great Thanksgiving and a difficult one for some of us without as much family around as we wanted to. But uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you come back next Friday and you can be part of our Pink Milk family where we we talk just like this every week. If you're listening on Monday, try to hang out with us late night on a Friday, take a nap, and then come hang out with us because uh, Emma and Mark are some great people and you should spend some time with them because they're fantastic. Right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, Mark, where can people find you? Um, oh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at I am El Diablito, as you see on screen there. Um, and also uh, on Taking a Number Two, a Star Trek podcast, which is part of the Bad Motivator Patreon uh, network. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Emma. So you can find me on Twitter at Foxler, F-O-X-F-L-E-U-R. Ship who you want. Because all ships are valid. (laughs) Love it. And you can find me at B underscore Sips Pink Milk. And you can follow us at Serving Pink Milk. It's usually Mark and I on Twitter. And Serving Pink Milk is Emma and I on Instagram. So make sure you follow us there. Give uh, We're here every Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. now, PST, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm here in Arizona, so we are... Cowboys and don't change anything. Don't tell us what to do. So we don't change our time. 
Uh, that sun can come up or down whenever it wants to, but we're not changing. Uh, so we are here on Friday nights. The podcast goes up on Monday mornings. And then you can also listen to my husband, Tom, and I talk Star Wars on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And we have some big things coming up, Tom and I do, and I'm very Ooh. excited about it. Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> Moving on up. Uh, uh, to all of our viewers this evening, thank you so much as always alejandra thank you thank you for a new fan oh awesome that's so awesome hopefully we'll see more of you my friend (laughs) hope it was nice to meet all the new people thank you for coming yes thank you thank you to alex and molly for giving us a platform the size of yours and letting queer voices get out there i'm very appreciative yeah alexandria so glad you're off this weekend. Thank you. And I uh, need to send you a message and see if I can post your amazing Kylie Minogue picture because we are all, I am so here for that. I was so giddy with glee when that came across Twitter land. Made me so happy. Yes, we were drinking up. We're going to have a safe weekend. Hope, love you too. Hope will forever and always be part of our Pink Milk family. Listen Indeed. to her. And uh, on our queer roundtables for The Mandalorian, they were great. Ben, good night. Gorgeous, youthful, timeless infant host. Thank you, sir. That's why we like you. <laughs> Saray, shout out from Austin, Texas. Getting drunk on the spirituality. Boom. Saray, <laughs> Austin, Texas is where I moved to come out in 1997. <laughs> so I am familiar with Austin, Texas. There we go. Instant connections over there. Boom. <laughs> Awesome show. Thank you, Sleeping Kitten, as always. And uh, whatever time it is in the future, thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes you may post it. Lovely. It's such a good picture. Oh, I loved it. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, visit us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star written review. Please write us a review while you're over there in Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get the word out. I am working currently with Google because Google decided to stop posting our show on their app. You can find us on Google on their website, though. (laughs) Working on that one for you right now. Uh, And Google is not easy to talk to. But I'll get there. But you can listen to us on all your other favorite podcatchers. Don't forget to follow us here on Wednesdays. And hit like and subscribe. Retweet our tweets. Do all those things. Help get our voices out there to more people. We appreciate it. And until next week, get ready. Because it's time to drink up. (laughs) 